We are going to be learning Lekutei Sichis, Chelek Yudzayim, Parshim's Bahar. And we're going to be learning the Sicha in the Hebrew translation. In order to understand the Sicha, uh, I think it will be very helpful to first explain a few concepts, and then we'll read the Sicha inside. Uh, the first concept we're going to discuss is that there's a machlekes between Rabbi Yishmol and Rabbi Akiva, how the Torah was given and taught to the Yidim. Everybody agrees that all of the 613 mitzvahs were told to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu was there for 40 days and 40 nights, and the reason he was there was he was being taught the entire Torah. But there's machlekes. When was he taught the details of the mitzvah? So Rabbi Yishmol holds that the general concept of the mitzvah was taught on Har Sinai, but the details were taught later through the oil moed, meaning is that once the Mishkan was built, Hashem would communicate to Moshe Rabbeinu through the oil moed, and when those mitzvahs became relevant for the people to learn, then he would teach them all the details. Hashem would tell Moshe Rabbeinu the details of the mitzvah, and then he would teach it to the Bnei Israel. For example, we have the mitzvah of bringing karbanis. So, in Parshas Yisrael, it tells us a pasuk that Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he's supposed to build a mezbeach adama, that they're going to bring sacrifices on it. So that's the mitzvah in general. But then in Chumash Vayikra, we know Hashem tells us right at the beginning of the parsha tells us that Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu from the Ayamayit and goes through all the different types of karbanis that they're supposed to bring. So Bishmal says that what happened was Hashem told him the general idea of the Karbanis by Harsina, but all the different details were taught later once the Mishkan was built, um, and he was told the details then. While Rabbi Akiva disagrees, he says both the general principles and the details of the mitzvahs were taught by Harsinai. So Moshe Rabbeinu was taught everything. And then later on, once the Mishkan was built, it was repeated a second time. So it was repeated a second time when it became relevant. And then actually, there was even a third time where all the mitzvahs were repeated, which this was in Chumash Devarim. It's called Mishnah Torah. The reason why it's called Mishnah Torah means because it means the re- repeating of the Torah. And what happened was that Moshe Rabbeinu, before he went, before the Bnei Yisrael went into Eretz Yisrael, right before Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, he again repeated uh, the entire Torah to the Jewish people. So the Torah was actually taught Three times, according to Rabbi Kiva, it was taught the general principles and the details first by Harsinai. Then a second time it was taught once the Mishkan was built through, uh, via the Oyal Maid. And then it was done a third time by Arvis Maiv. While according to Rabbi Shmuel, it seems like it was taught twice. First it was taught the general principles on Harsinai. Then later on the details of these general principles were taught by through the Oyal Maid. And then many years later, 40 years later... Um, the general principles and the details again were repeated to the Bnei Yisrael right before Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, before they entered into Eretz Yisrael. And what this Sicha is going to discuss is what is Rashi's opinion of Pipshutei Shal Mikra. Uh, it seems like most of the Mepharshev Rashi learn that Rashi is going according to the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, and that's going to be the initial approach the Rebbe takes. And he's going to ask many questions on this approach that it's going according to Rabbi Akiva, not Rabbi Shmuel. Then he'll bring a second approach is that maybe Rashi could go according to either. Meaning is, according to Shamikra really works, uh, you know, whether it's like Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel, Pshutei Shamikra, the simple interpretation of the Pesukim could really fit according to either of those Persian. And then he brings a third approach 
uh, which seems which which it seems like it's his preferred approach that according to Pshuta Shemikra, it's actually like a Rashi holds like Rabbi Yishmael, that the again the Kalalis were said the general principles were said at Harsina and only the de- and the details were repeated were said for the first time uh, through the oil Maid. and then at the end of the Sicha we're going to discuss Machlekes Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Kivel Pipnimius Yanim meaning is what their Machlekes is. Uh, and how, how it affects our day-to-day life in our Vaidas Hashem. So let's start the Sicha inside. Um, in this beginning of this week's Parsha, it talks about the Shemitah. We know the general principle of the Shemitah was already said in Parsha's Mishpatim, um, meaning is, it was said at Har Sinai. It tells us that on the seventh year, uh, you're supposed to, it's a Shemitah year, and you let the, you're not supposed to do any Avaidah in the land, and the details of this mitzvah are really discussed in our parsha. So in the meaning of this parsha, it says that Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu Har Sinai, and then it goes and tells us all, all the different details of the Shemitah. So on these words, Bahar Sinai, Mepharash Rashi, Rashi explains like this. He says, Ma'inyan Shemitah al Har Sinai. Well, I call him, it's this number Sinai. So Rashi asks, why are we saying specifically that by Shemitah? What's the connection of Shemitah to Har Sinai? Meaning is, all the mitzvahs were said by Sinai. So why is it that in this beginning of this week's parasha, it says Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu Har Sinai and tells him about the mitzvah Shemitah. Weren't all the mitzvahs said by uh, Har Sinai? So why is it saying specifically by the Shemitah that Hashem told him by Har Sinai? Ella. So Rashi explains that Ma Shemitah Namru Kolosah Pratisah B'Dukdukhayam B'Sinai Afkula Namru Kolosayam B'Dukdukhayam Sinai. He says, rather, what's it trying to say? That just like we know that the, by the Shemitah, the general principles and the details and the inferences, everything was said at Sinai. Similarly, all the other mitzvahs, the, the general principles and the dukdukim, everything was said at Sinai. So the reason why we're, trying, we're putting together, the, uh, saying that um, Hashem said to Moshe at Har Sinai and tells them the halachas of Shemitah, is to tell us that this is, a, in a sense, a general principle, a guiding line, that just like we know that Shemitah, everything was said at Sinai, similarly, all the other mitzvahs, also the general principles and the details were said at Sinai. Hainu. Shatam shal inyan Shemitah hizkir hakasa beferish, shanem bahar Sinai, af shakolam mitzvahs nem Sinai. Meaning, this is the reason why Shemitah is, the, the Pasik mentions specifically Shemitah and tells us very clearly that Shemitah was taught at Har Sinai and it was said over at Har Sinai, even though really all the mitzvahs were said at on, on Har Sinai. It's coming to teach us about all the other mitzvahs, meaning it's just like the Shemitah. All the the klolais and the details were said at Sinai. Similarly, all the other mitzvahs, the general principles and the details were also said from Sinai. And how do we know that? At this point, at least, how do we? How does Rashi know that everything was said at Sinai? We know the klolais of Shemitah was said at Sinai because it's just a clearly in Parshas Mishpatim, right after, a part, you know, the the, the Sefer were given. Moshe comes down and tells them all the mitzvahs, and we know the details were said at Sinai because it says it clearly in our parsha that Hashem spoke to Moshe ben Har Sinai and tells them all the details of the Shemitah. So just like the Shemitah, we see this that everything was said at Har Sinai. So similarly, all the other mitzvahs were said also at Har Sinai. So at this point, it seems like that Rashi is going to according, to, according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, right? That everything was said, even the details were said at Sinai. And that's, again, as I mentioned, how the Rav are going to learn it, 
but the Rebbe will have some questions on the way that I just taught it. Oman Sheikh Rashi. Rashi continues in his Divar Maskal and says, this is how this uh, Limud is taught, this idea is taught in the Teres Kainim. Teres Kainim is a medrash of halachis on Chumash Vayikra. Venerally Shekach Pirushai. He says, and it appears to me that the interpretation of this Teres Kainim, which I just quoted, is like this. He says, He says, Since we do not find that the Allahus of Shemitas Karkois, the Shemitah of the land, is repeated in Aris Mayav, is where Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Bnei Israel, means literally the plains of Mayav. It was right across from Eretz Israel, the, they're on the Jordan, basically, uh, Trans Jordan. And before they went into Eretz Israel, Moshe Rabbeinu told them the Torah again, but he does not. We do not find that the halachas of the Shemitah of the, of the land uh, was repeated in Mishnah Tyre by Arvis Maif. So, Lamdanu So, this teaches us that since it wasn't repeated there, then where could it have, where, we were the only place where it could have been taught. It must have been that, where were the general principles and the details taught? It must have been at Sinai. Because it, you can't say, oh, maybe this is one mitzvah that Hashem didn't teach at Sinai and, and, you know, only taught it much later by Ivar Smaiv because we never find it actually re- said and repeated or actually taught over there by Ivar Smaiv. So where, where is the only place that Hashem could have taught? It couldn't have been then. It must have been earlier and the earlier place would have been Sinai. So Therefore the Pasek is coming to teach us over here that, that all the mitzvahs that were said to Moshe Rabbeinu uh, were first taught at Sinai, uh, with again the general principles and the dukdukim, the, the details, and then they were repeated again in Arvis Maif. And Rebbe is going to explain what Rashi is trying to say. Rashi is trying to give us an answer um, and to explain really what the Torah Kainim is coming to say, because there seems like a very simple question on the Torah Kainim. He says, what we know for sure is that all the mitzvahs were said at Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu was there for 40 days, and he was taught those, all the mitzvahs. But that's only regarding the general principles. So that everyone agrees, we know that for sure has happened. But the question is, what about the details of the mitzvahs? When were they, when were they given? So we need a proof that they were also given on Sinai. And we learn that they were given at Sinai from the mitzvah Shemitah. Meaning is that, in a sense, that seems like Shemitah is a general guiding light. It's a binyan av, what the, sometimes we call it. It's a general principle that we learn from Shemitah regarding all the other mitzvahs. Just like we find by Shemitah, this is how it was taught. So similarly, we can assume that that's how all the other mitzvahs were taught. Avul kasha, but this is a very hard proof. It, I mean, this, it's a question on it. Why is this a good proof? He says, but the question is, what is the proof uh, that all the other mitzvahs were also taught at Shemitah? Meaning is, even if you're going to say that Shemitah was everything, the details, everything was taught by Har Sinai, but how is that a proof that all the other mitzvahs were really taught at Har Sinai, I'd said is that maybe it, it's like an assumption. If this is how Har, if this is how the mitzvah of Shemitah was taught, then we can assume that all the other mitzvahs are also taught in such a f- way. But again, that's just an assumption. That's not a strong proof. So it's a machlekes or bikiv or mishmal. How would this be a strong proof and say, oh, for sure, 
Uh, everything was taught at Har Sinai. Love Dafka. Maybe this was an exception, and this is the only one that was taught in such a way at Har Sinai, while the other ones were taught in a different fashion. And maybe it even seems like it would make more sense that way, because the other mitzvahs where it doesn't, by Shemitah, it says clearly that we see that the general principle was taught at Har Sinai, and then it says in our parsha that the details were also taught at Har Sinai. But other mitzvahs, for example, Karbanis, it seems like the general principle we know was taught at Har Sinai, but then in the beginning of Chumash Vayikra, it says that Hashem taught him the details at the Oyel Moed. So there's no proof that, that that's the way it was taught. Maybe it you know, depends on the mitzvah. So Valzeh, because of Rashi, therefore Rashi's coming to answer this. He's going to explain the Torah's kainim, and he's going to answer this question. He says, since Shemitah's Karkois is not mentioned in Mishnah Torah, is not mentioned before Moshe Rabbeinu went into Eretz Yisrael and taught them the Torah again, he says, we don't even need the words Har Sinai to teach us that the details were said at Har Sinai. Meaning is like this. Since we don't find that Meaning is, let's say it didn't say that uh, Shemitah, in this week's parsha would have cut out the words Har Sinai. It would have just said, Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and tells him all the lachas of Shemitah, and it doesn't mention that it was taught at Har Sinai. What would we have assumed happened? We would have automatically known that it was taught at Har Sinai because we don't find that it was taught anywhere else. So if it wasn't taught later on in Arvis Mayav, uh, then where would it have been taught? It must have been taught by Har Sinai, because we don't find that it was taught anywhere else. So the question is, why does the Torah need to say specifically that the details were taught at Har Sinai, even if it would have cut out the words Har Sinai, we would have known that it was taught there, because we don't find in the Torah that it was ever repeated anywhere else. So, the, so we have to assume that, okay, if it wasn't at Arvis Mayav, because they don't see it repeated, when would the Hazir have been taught? It must have been in Har Sinai. So why does the Pasuk need to say clearly, oh, it was taught at Har Sinai? It's obvious. So, so therefore, Rashi's saying it's taka an extra word. Har Sinai is an extra word. We would have known that Shemitah was taught at Har Sinai anyways. So those words taka are extra. So we have a rule that whenever there's an extra word in the Torah, and it's not needed to teach us uh, for that particular place, then the rule is that you could use that idea for something else. The meaning is, why does the Torah tell us that Shemitah was, the details of Shemitah were taught at Har Sinai, even though we would know that anyways, it must be that it's not coming to teach it for it itself, but it's coming to tell us something additional, that all the other mitzvahs are just like Shemitah, that their details were also taught at Har Sinai. So, Mimela, so therefore, automatically, the question comes, what do the words Har Sinai come to teach us? Therefore, he says that the Pasuk is coming to teach us not regarding Shemitah, that it's from Sinai, rather it's coming to teach us about all the other Diburim, all the other things that were spoken to Moshe Rabbeinu, that all of them, with all their details, were taught that Har Sinai, it was repeated at Arvis Mayav. Sif base. Hine. He says, according to the simple reading of Rashi, and this is actually how the Meforshe Rashi learned Rashi, we can learn a few things from it. There's, like giving a sikkim, basically, the main points that we're learning. First of all, Aleph, Shalas, Rashi, Hihi, Shalas, the Tarskainim. The Shema, Hiskar, Kasab, Shpita, Shnemba, Har Sinai. 
First point is that the question that Rashi has is exactly the same question of the Taras Kayanim. Right? He quotes the Taras Kayanim, and that seems like his question. The question is, why does it mention Shemitah, uh, specifically Eitzel Harsinai? If all the mitzvahs were taught at Harsinai, why do we mention specifically Shemitah? Based, here it's Rashi, Ashalazu. The answer Rashi gives, Alpiyah the Taras Kayanim, that the, what the Torah is coming and what this Pasuk is coming to teach us, the word Harsinai is teaching us that all the mitzvahs, even the details, were said at Sinai. And this is Balishlos Dasher Bishmol, Klolois Namru Bissinai, of the Pratis Ba'el Maid. It's coming to negate the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, that Rabbi Shmuel holds that only the general principles were said at Sinai, but the details were only said later on by the oil maid. So this Rashi is coming to negate and say, Rabbi Shmuel, this Pasuk is teaching us not like Rabbi Shmuel. Uh, Rather, we need to learn like Rabbi Akiva that the general principles and the details are said from Sinai. So again, so according to the first way of learning Rashi, it seems like he's trying to say specifically that um, according to Pshutai Shal Mikra, these extra words are teaching us that everything was said at Sinai for all mitzvahs, and it is going and it's disagreeing and saying according to Pshutai Shal Mikra, we cannot learn like Rabbi Shmuel, we have to learn Rabbi Akiva. Apizat But now we need to understand the few questions. If this is what Rashi is trying to do, is we have a few questions on this Rashi. He says Aleph Kaven Shashalis Rashi Himadu and Nemer Bar Sinai Benigel Shmita Hayar Rashi Lahatik Menakasev. He says, if the question of Rashi is why does it say Harsinai next regarding Shemitah, then Rashi should have quoted in his Divra Hamaschal not only the words Baharsinai, but also the words that he, the, the words in the Psukim that actually are the main question. We know that when Rashi has the Divra Maskal, he always puts in the Divra Maskal the words he's coming to explain, or the words that he has a question on those words. So over here, what, what should Rashi have put? He should have put in his Divra Maskal not just the words Harsinai, because there's no question of Harsinai. The question is, why is Harsinai next to Shemitah? So what he should have bought is like this. He should have brought a few words from the second Pasuk that speaks about Shemitah. Or at least he should have actually put the word which means etc. Meaning is continue reading the Pesukim. And you'll see that starts speaking about Shemitah and the question is what's the connection? So he doesn't bring anything, any words about Shemitah. He doesn't even put it in an etc. So it seems like that the question is not on the Shemitah itself, but rather on the words Har Sinai. But the question is why? According to how we are learning, the question is really regarding the connection between Har Sinai and Shemitah. And Beis. He said, since the, the main point of Rashi's answer is that the details were said, the details of all the mitzvahs were said at Har Sinai and not in the Moel Maid like the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel is. Rather, he's, going, he's saying that Rabbi Shmuel's opinion does not fit according to the Pshut HaShemikra. Then, He says, if that's what he's trying to prove, why is he bringing a proof that, it, that we know that it was said on Har Sinai because we don't find it repeated at Arvis Mayav? This that the mitzvah of Shemitah was not repeated at Arvis Maiv does not negate Rabbi Shmuel. 
Right, Rabbi Shmuel was trying to say is that the details were said at Ayal Maid. So even if you want to say is that we know for sure that the details must have been taught earlier than Arvis Mayav because we don't find it being repeated there. Um, so if we don't find it being repeated there, it must have been taught earlier. But how do we know that it was taught specifically at Har Sinai? We could technically learn that it was said at Har, the general principle was said at Har Sinai, and the details were said um, in the Oyal Mayad. Just that not being repeated at Arvis Mayad does not prove anything, it does not negate the opinion of Abishmal. It just wasn't repeated there, but we don't know what happened earlier. Maybe it was, well, it was said at the, uh, at the Oyal Mayad. So why is Rashi trying to exclude specifically the Arvis Mayad? That's not excluding that it wasn't repeated, it wasn't, the details weren't said at Oyal Mayad. What should he have mentioned? Rashi should have said that we don't find that these details were repeated in the oil Maid or in Arvis Maid. So since it wasn't repeated in any of these places, what we are must it have been taught? It must have been taught at Har Sinai. I, since it wasn't repeated at Har Sinai, oil uh, Maid or repeated in Arvis Maid, then obviously it was said at Har Sinai. So then we have the question, why does the our parsha need to tell us it was said at Har Sinai? We can figure that out by the you know, just by using logical deduction. But Rashi doesn't mention anything about that, which is very, very strange. If his main point is to negate the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael, shouldn't he if he also have said it couldn't if it, we don't find that it was repeated either? Um, at the Ayal Ma'id, meaning we don't find that it, it says anywhere in the Torah that Hashem spoke to the Moshe Rabbeinu the Ayal and starts teaching him the details of, of, um, of, of, of the Shemitah. Aderach Zabbasim Perusha Pirush Rashi, Vachaz Venishna Baris Ma'id, Halaya Shaili, Ima Patanam Bissina by a Ma'id, Im came Haya Rashi Lame, Vachaz Venishna by a Ma'id. Similarly, at the end of the Pirush Rashi, it says that it was re- repeated and taught again at Arvis Ma'id, meaning is that Hashem first taught at them Harsin, and then it was repeated later on at Arvis Ma'id. Isn't the main question is whether the details were said at Har Sinai or in the Oyal Maid? So what Rashi should have said is it was repeated later in the Oyal Maid, right? That's because we know that even Kirby Kiva agrees that it was repeated again at our Oyal Maid and the Avras Maid. So for the main point we're trying to show is everybody agrees it was said at Avras Maid, so he doesn't need to tell us that it was repeated again at Avras Maid. Everyone agrees to that. Rather, what it should have said is it was, was repeated again in the Oil Maid, meaning it's to negate the opinion of Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel that says it was taught the first time in the Oil Maid. Rashi tells us it was repeated uh, a, a second time in the Oil Maid, or, or maybe he could have said both. It was repeated again in the Oil Maid and in Avras Maid. But okay. Okay. Also, we know that Rashi is always very succinct with the words that he used, but it seems like he, he has a little bit of a richas. He says, it appears to me that this is the explanation that we, since we do not find, we know that uh, it seems like a very long way of explaining it. Why doesn't he, I mean, it appears to me. Just say what the Pshad is. Rashi doesn't need to say, but nearly. Just say, yeah, this is the Taras Kainim. And then he says, you know, this is from the Taras Kainim, and this is its Pirish, and give the explanation. Why is he saying, it appears to me that this is explanation? Especially since we know that it's not the way of Rashi to explain the Taras Kainim. Rashi is coming always just to explain the simple interpretation of the Psukim, that you could read the Psukim and understand what's going on. He's not coming to explain a Medrash. So why does he have to say that? It appears to me that this is the Pirish of the Medrash. That's not what he's coming to do. So so we must say So we must say this that Rashi says it appears to me this is a shot. There must have been a second shot. 
Meaning there's really two ways of explaining the Taras Kainim. And Rashi's saying, that appears to me that this is the correct pshat. And why doesn't Rashi bring this other pshat? It's because that other pshat doesn't work according to Pshat HaShemikra. So he only brings the way that it makes sense to him, because meaning is it makes sense to him according to the simple words of the Pesukim, according to the simple translation. This, the Pshut HaShemikra, this is the way you would have to explain the Taras Kainim, because that's how it fits the, the Pshut HaShemikra. Meaning, according to the way how Rashi is learning the Torah's Kayanim, then the Torah's Kayanim is relevant to understand the simple interpretation of the Pasuk. According to the other way of learning Torah's Kayanim, that would not fit and would not be able to explain the Pshutta Shemikra. So, we need to understand exactly what is this other pshat that you could have learned to Taras Kainim, which does not fit according to Pshutta Shemikra, and why, and uh, which Rashi doesn't like, has to negate it and uh, give his own pshat instead. Gimel. There's also many uh, different diukim, different inferences we can see. If you look at the words of Rashi, some of them are interesting, and uh, we have to understand why he uses these words specifically. The beginning of the Pirsh, when he asks the question, he says, What is the connection of Shemitah to Har Sinai? He uses the word mountain of Sinai, Har Sinai. But in the continuation of his Pirsh, he writes many times just the words Miss Sinai. Like these are the things that were taught from Sinai, the, the details were taught from Sinai. He doesn't mention that it was Har Sinai. Why does he change from Har Sinai and just go to the short form of Miss Sinai? And Bayes, uh, When he's explaining the Torah's Kainim, he says that the, our Pasuk is coming to teach us that every single Dibur. Uh, was really from Sinai, even the details. So Rashi adds the words, every single Dibur that was said to Moshe, that's, that's, that's extra. Why is, first of all, it's obvious that you know, Hashem said it to Moshe, because who else would he have said it to? Right? So every single word that was said to Moshe, obvious. But also, why is that really relevant? We're not trying, it doesn't really matter who Hashem said the mitzvahs to. The main point is it was said to Har Sinai, and then it was repeated later on. So why did it say that every single Dibur that was spoken to Moshe was repeated later on? Especially since the source of Rashi, which is the Taras Kainim, which Rashi says um, is coming to explain, as it says, it appears to me this is the Pirish of the Taras Kainim, it actually says, um, without saying that all the words that were said to Moshe, no, the Taras Kainim doesn't mention anything about Moshe, he just says also all the other mitzvahs, all the other mitzvahs were also said, at Sinai. He doesn't say all the other mitzvahs that were said to Moshe Rabbeinu at Sinai or, or, or something similar. So why does Rashi add that? So Habir B'cholana. So the Kshad is Azai. Um, we're going to say that Rashi's question is actually not the same question as the Torah's Kainim. The Torah's question is, why are we mentioning specifically by Shemitah that Hashem told it to Moshe at Har Sinai. That's the Torah's Kayanim's question, but Rashi has a different question, and he's just really utilizing the Torah's Kayanim to explain the Pshut HaShemikah, meaning is based on how the Torah's Kayanim, and this question and answer of the Torah's Kayanim, I'm going to be able to explain to you a, a different issue, a Pshut HaShemikah issue that we have in this Pasuk. He says, Masha Hukshal Rashi, Enim Adu Anem Har Sinai, B'Negei L'Shemitah, 
what bothering Rashi is not why Har uh, Sinai is said specifically by Shemitah. His question is not the Torah's kainim. Rather, Rashi's question is on the meaning of the words Har Sinai and the words themselves of Har Sinai. Even before you know what mitzvah we're talking about, even before you know that we're talking about the mitzvah of Shemitah, just on the words Har Sinai, Rashi has a question. Skip the brackets for now. We'll get back to it in a moment. He says, Me'esa cometh to Mishkan ve'ilach, called the Buri Hashem al Moshe lo'yai by Sinai, alabai mai. He says, from the time that the Mishkan was put up and onwards, all the, every single time Hashem spoke to Moshe, it was not at Har Sinai. Rather, Hashem spoke to Moshe in the oil mai. As Rashi himself writes earlier in Parshish Kisisa, Rashi writes over there that once the Mishkan was put up, um, he stopped speaking with him outside of the Mishkan, rather he only spoke to him from the oil might. So once the Mishkan was put up, the only place Hashem would speak to Moshe Benu was from the oil might. So the question is, how is it possible that after all the parashis of Sefer Yikra, which, as we know, Chumash Yikra starts off that Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu from the oil might. So all of a sudden after the entire Chumash Yikra, and parashis Bahar, it tells us that Hashem spoke to Moshe from Har Sinai. Seems very strange. We have a rule. I'm going to explain the question and give some possible answers. But the question is, we know the rule that once the Mishkan was built, Hashem did not speak to Moshe Rabbeinu from Har Sinai. So how could it be that in Parshish Bahar, Hashem again speaks to Moshe from Har Sinai? He stopped speaking to him from Har Sinai. Already from the beginning of Chumash Yikra, he started only speaking to him from the from, what, from the oil might. So why all of a sudden by Shemitah, or even it doesn't make a difference, again, what mitzvah it was, why is it that over here in Parshish Bahar, Hashem all of a sudden speaks to him from Sinai again? That's, that's what's bothering Rashi. And this is really bothering all, many of the Mephorshe of Hatayra. And they give different explanations. For example, and the Rebbe is going to be, we'll discuss each of these answers also. That's why I'm telling them to you. First of all, the Ibn Ezra gives an answer that we have a, a, a principle that ein muktam umuuchar b'tayra, meaning is that the Torah does not necessarily tell you the order of events according to their chronological order. Right? It doesn't necessarily go according to the time frame of when they happened. Rather, the Torah tells us different stories or different mitzvahs according to the uh, for dif- according to the relevance, according w- whatever the reason would be. For example, um, you know chumish. Pesach uh, Sheni. Once we're going to, we're going to be starting uh, next week, Chumash Devarim. It's Chumash Bamidbar. Chumash Bamidbar begins that that the that, that the Yidden were counted uh, in the se- the second year they left, and the second year after they had left Mitzrayim, in the second month, meaning in the month of year they were counted. That's what how Chumash uh, Bamidbar starts off about the counting the Bnei Yisrael had on Rosh Chodesh year. Then a few parshias later. It tells us that on the, during Nisan, a month earlier, a month earlier, meaning is in the second year after they've left Mitzrayim, on the first month of Nisan, Hashem tells Moshe Ben to tell the Bnei Yisrael about making the Pesach coming in 15 days, Pesach is coming, and they have to 
uh, bring a carbon Pasach. And then all the people who are Tameh come to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, Lam and Agar, why are we going to lose out? It's not fair. So Moshe, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells them about making Pesach Sheni a month later. So Rashi asks right away, wait a second, we were already up to Ir. Chumash Bamidbar began with Ir. Now we're going back a month's time? He says, that's not according to the order of events. So Rashi answers that you're right, the Torah doesn't go according to uh, the order of events. Rather, the reason why the Torah goes out of the proper sequence over here is because we don't want to start off Chumash ben Midbar with an event which isn't good. What's the, what, what Rashi explains what that means. Meaning is that the 40 years that B'nai Yisrael in the desert, they only brought the Korban Pesach that one time. So that's like a G'nai. It's, like, it's, it's a disgrace for them. They only brought the Korban Pesach one time in the 40 years that they were there. So the Torah doesn't want to start off with this event that Moshe Rabbeinu tells them about making the Pasach, and that's the only time they did it. So rather, it starts off with something else, and then in the middle of the Chumash, it gets back to this story. And yes, it was only one time, but it's, it's somewhat hidden. This 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 disgraceful event that they this disgraceful idea that they only brought the Korban Pasach once. But the point is, we see is that the Torah doesn't necessarily go according to the the chronological order. Rather, it might. Put things in different orders according for different reasons. So the Ibn wants to say that maybe the same things over here. Really, this event must have happened much earlier because once the Mishkan was built, he didn't speak to him from Har Sinai. So obviously, the Shemitah, this mitzvah happened much earlier, and it's just being said over here. Right, that's one answer. A second answer the Ramban gives, he wants to say is that maybe he says Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu about the Shemitah. He spoke to him Taka earlier, right? He spoke to him. Uh, before the Mishkan was built, and he told them this mitzvah. But why is it being said over here? It's because this was when Moshe Rabbeinu taught the mitzvah to the Jewish people. Meaning as Hashem told them everything, of course, at Har Sinai, he taught him the Shemitah specifically at Har Sinai. And the reason why it's over here after, uh, you know, all the, about after all the Kabbanists, and after last week's parsha, which finished with the, the person, the man that cursed Hashem, is because this is the time period when Hashem actually taught when Moshe Rabbeinu actually taught the mitzvah to B'nai Yisrael, right? So Taka, Hashem actually spoke to Harsina much earlier, before the Mishkan was built, but it said over here afterwards, not because that's, because not that that's when, like, all of a sudden Hashem spoke to him again on Harsina. No, 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 what happened? It's only because this is when Moshe Rabbeinu actually repeated to B'nai Yisrael what Hashem's command was, which was told him much earlier, but only now, at this point in time, is he actually telling them about this mitzvah. So those are two Purushim that the other Mephorshim give. And Rashi's also, we're going to see how Rashi deals with this question of why over here all of a sudden does it say again from Harsim. So those are two explanations. Let's go, go back to the brackets for just a moment and then we'll uh, go weiter. It says, This that Rashi brings over the question of the Tarskani, what's the connection between Shemitah and Tarskani? It's because through, the reason why he brings this is because through the question of the answer and the answer of the Tarskainim, it's automatically coming to, will automatically answer the question of Shutashamikra about the words Bahar Sinai. Why does it say Bahar Sinai over here? Okay, so, that, so by bringing the Tarskainim, it will answer this question. Okay, so let's, let's read on. Badechagadal. Right, we're able to give, these are the two answers what I just mentioned. He says, He says, this is Ibn Ezra's answer. The Rebbe calls it a Deich Gadol. We'll be able to give the following explanation. That this Parsha was said before all the previous Parshas of Sefer Yikra, said before all of them. 
It was said before the Mishkan was built. And this, that, it's written after them, and it's written after the Mishkan was built. It's because of the rule that there's no, uh, there's no uh, order, the order of events that happen in the Torah don't necessarily go according to the proper time frame. He says, but this shot is not clear at all. He says, He says, this answer that the Torah doesn't go according to the order of events, the only time we give this answer is when we have no other choice. So we need to have, like, like my, as I gave you the example about the, the Pesach Sheni story, we see clearly that it was said, uh, you know, said at the month of Nisan, and we know that Chumash B'midbar starts with the month of Ir, which is a month later, so we need to come at some type of explanation. Wait a second, this is not going according to the proper order of events, so we have to give that pshat. He says, but, the rule always is, is we try to explain the parashas according to the proper order. If you have no other choice, then we have to come to this cloud. Especially when we're talking about Pshutah Shemikra. Pshutah Shemikra always learns the psukim according to the simple interpretation. So, of course, the simple interpretation of when you're reading Lahavdul, uh, any book, it, it, that it's going according to a certain time frame. One event took af- went, went after the next. So for sure, when we're talking about the Torah, when you're reading the Pashup Shah, especially that's how we see how the Torah is working until now, right? It starts off with the creating of the world. Then it goes to Noah. Then it goes to Avram. Then it goes to Yitzchak. Then it goes to Yaakov. Then Yudbe Shvatim. We don't, we, it doesn't all of a sudden start speaking about the Yudbe Shvatim and then go back to Avram and then skip to Yaakov. We know that the Torah goes according to a certain order of events. So when we have no other choice, then we, then we have such a rule of that sometimes the Torah will go out of the proper sequence for a particular reason. There always needs to be a reason for it. But it's not just Amazai that the Torah is going to start mentioning this mitzvah of Shemitah like all of a sudden after um, all, all the karbanis and after the whole thing with the person cursing Hashem. Why, why, why would the Torah do that? We need to have a reasoning why the Torah would mention it. This was said at Har Sinai, so you either should have mentioned it you know, it, it, after Har Sinai, where all the other mitzvahs were, were mentioned at the end of Parshas Yisra and Parshas Peshvatim. But why all of a sudden over here are we going to mention something that, that was taught to Moshe much earlier? So according to Pshutah Mikra, this is not the clearest answer. Again, if you had no choice, then you would have to give this answer and you need to give some type of explanation and reasoning why the Torah, in this case, uh, didn't put in the proper order. But without that, you shouldn't say that. And since Rashi has another way of explaining it, you know, he's obviously going to do that, as we're going to see. Uh, it's also hard to explain according to the Peshat like the Ramban does. That the Hashem Taka spoke to Moshe Benu at Har Sinai, and he gave him this entire parsha with all the details. Why is the parsha written here after Parsha's Amar? Why, why didn't it, you know, say right after Parshas Yisrael or Mishpatim? Because that's when Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Parsha of Mishmitah to the Jewish people. Meaning, after the end of last week's Parsha, where the person, the Ben Yisraelis, that individual cursed Hashem, this, after that whole story happened, this was when Moshe Rabbeinu actually taught the Ben Yisrael the Lachas of Shemitah. So Hashem spoke to him much earlier, but he only said the Lachas at this point in time. So the Torah is going according to the proper order of events, because this is when Moshe Rabbeinu taught it to the Ben Yisrael. 
He says, but he doesn't like this prat either. He said, according to the simple um, words of the Pasuk and the order of events, what does the Pasuk say? It says, Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, so we have all the parshas earlier, and then it says Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu Har Sinai and tells him all the halachas of Shemitah. According to the Ramban, really what it should have said is that Moshe Rabbeinu told, taught the Bnei Yisrael the halachas of Shemitah that Hashem told him in Har Sinai. But the way how it's written, it seems like Hashem, like after everything that just happened about the individual cursing Hashem, then Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu Har Sinai and tells him these alachis. That's what it seems like from the simple reading, not, again, because if, if it not, it should have said is that Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Bnei Yisrael the alachis of Shemitah, which we already had learned earlier from Har Sinai. That's how it should have been written. So, Bufrat kashu lefarash Moshe Moser Sedibar l'chot Bnei Yisrael rak chadashim aruchum l'achashikib. It's also hard to explain that Moshe Rabbeinu said these halachas of Shemitah months later after, that, after he was taught it. Why would he have waited so long? You know, Moshe Rabbeinu was taught at Har Sinai, and then he teaches it many months later. He, t- he taught everything else earlier. He taught Mishpatim earlier. Why of a sudden by uh, Shemitah is he teaching it much, much later? He should have taught it right away. It says, especially if he he says, especially we know that um, it, it says in a Rashi earlier that, that, that it says that Hashem taught Moshe Rabbeinu the lachos of Shabbos by Mara. Mara was one of the places the Yidin uh, camped before they got, when they left Mitzrayim, before they reached Har Sinai. So by Mara, even before Matan Tara happened, they were taught certain lachos, one of them being Shabbos. And Moshe Rabbeinu did not teach it to them. Rather, what happened? It's, it's when the man started falling and they got a double portion on, um, uh, on Friday, the Yidin came to Moshe and said, wait, why are we getting this double portion? So he says, oh, this is what Hashem told me about the Mitzvah Shabbos, so you're not allowed to go out of the camp and you're not allowed to gather. So therefore he gave you a double portion and says that uh, Rashi tells us that he was punished for that because uh, he should have taught them the Mitzvah right away in Mar. Why did he wait so long? So we already see this is not a good thing to do. So what, A, why logically would Moshe have kept the Mitzvah Shemitah, waited many months to teach it? And B, we already know that he was punished for this for, 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 for teaching the halachas of Shabbos later. So why would he have done the same thing for Shemitah? He says, He says, even though you, know, you can make a chilik between, you could differentiate between the halachas of Shabbos and the halachas of Shemitah because the halachas of Shabbos were relevant. They needed to know the halachas of Shabbos so they could start keeping it. So why did Moshe wait and not tell it to them right away? Mashiach and Shemitah wasn't going to be relevant to them anyways, right? Because Shemitah only began once they already um, went to Eretz Yisrael. Shemitah was not relevant when they were in the desert, so therefore there was no rush for Moshe Rabbeinu to teach it to them, Mash Enkin Shabbos. So maybe the reason why he got punished for Shabbos was because he should have taught it right away, Mash and Shemitah, it's not relevant. But either way, um, you know, you still need to have a logical reason why of a sudden is he teaching at that point. If it's not relevant for 40 years, then you know, teach it then right before they came into Eretz Yisrael. And if it's because it's Torah and you got to learn Torah right away, why wait many months? Teach it right when he taught all the other mitzvahs. Anyway, so that's, therefore, that's, the, the, uh, Rashi does not like the Pirish of the Ramban. So, Meshem Kach, Pirish Rashi, Sheparshus Bahar, Achei Nemra, Meishel, Achei Meisem, Ben Yishis, Therefore, Rashi is coming with a very beautiful, Mechudish Dekupshat, listen to this, that Rashi learns that Parshus Bahar once said to Meishel Benu after the story with the Ish Ben Yishis, according to Rashi, this time frame is correct, 
that after the, the story with this, what this individual happened, Hashem spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai and taught him the Salachas. I, we had the question, what do you mean Hashem spoke to Moshe Har Sinai? He stops, the only, once the Mishkan was built, Hashem only spoke to him from, from the Mishkan, from the Oil Might. He says, the reason why it says Har Sinai, because Har Sinai doesn't mean the giving of the Torah. Har Sinai is just the location where they were camping. As we know that the Bnei Yisrael, they arrived at Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, Right? And then they stayed there until the, almost a full year until half year of the following year. They were there for almost a full year minus 10 days. So when this story of the Ben Ishai, when, when the Mishkan was built on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, so what happened? Rosh Chodesh Nisan, he started teaching them all the halachas of the Kabbanis. At some point after that, the story with this individual that cursed Hashem happened. And then after that, while they're still camping in Har Sinai, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu through the Ayom while they're camping in Har Sinai, the halachas of Shemitah. So this is beautiful because this is like Pshutah Shemikra. It fits according to the time frame. When it says Har Sinai, it's just giving you the location of where they were camping. And, uh, and we'll see how he proves this in the Torah Skenim in a moment. He says, The reason why it says that it was Har Sinai is because they were still close to Har Sinai. That's where they were camping. This happened before the Bnei Yisrael uh, started their journeys in the Midbar Sinai, um, as I mentioned on Chaf Ir. Therefore, even these Deburim, even these commands that were spoken through the Oil Maid, to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pasik still says that Hashem spoke to Moshe in Har Sinai, meaning it's because that's where they were camping. Especially since uh, the entire, we know the entire desert is called Midbar Sinai because of the Har Sinai, which is inside of it. Meaning is that we see that, um, that the entire desert has the name of Sinai because of the Har Sinai, which is inside of it. So for sure, when the Bnei Yisrael were literally camping by it, um, they would, it, it, it would say that he spoke to them at Har Sinai. Meaning, even if they were far away, it still calls them Midbar Sinai. So for sure, when you're right in front of it, it's going to be saying that Hashem spoke to Moshe Har Sinai. I guess the Rebbe is trying to be warned that L'chayra, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't literally a Har Sinai. It was right next to Har Sinai. He says, but that's the way how we would call it. It's because that's the location where they were camping. So if you'd say, where are the Bnei Yisrael? You would say they were by Har Sinai. So Hashem spoke to Moshe by Har Sinai. Even though this is a very big chiddush to say that when it says Har Sinai, it means the oil maid. And, and, it's, and why does it say that Hashem spoke to Moshe and Har Sinai if he really spoke to him by, in the oil maid? It's because it happened when they're camping in the Midbar Sinai, which was across from the mountain. Cross meaning is not cross like far away, but right next to it. So therefore, this is a big chiddush. Therefore, that Har Sinai mean, doesn't mean that he was on the mountain and this is when the whole mountain tire happened. This was just happened because that's where they were camping. Um, again, so this is, I think also just jumping back, the, Rebbe, the reason why the Rebbe is trying to stress that even the whole Midbar is called Midbar Sinai is to show that Sinai could also be used as, I think, oh, Sinai would only be used for something connected to the Tyra. 
No, we see Sinai can even be used as a location, like a geographical location that we're calling a mid or Bidmar Sinai because it was close to there. So we're seeing that the word Sinai doesn't just is not just used when referring to the giving of the Torah. It's also used in the Torah just to really describe where the Yidin were. Okay. So Alkain Hebi Rashi is Divya Tereskainim Asher Api Pirish Rashi Bira Tereskainim and Yerli Shkach Rusha and Muchrach Shmahar Sinai Kam Rusha Midbar Sinai. He says so in order to prove that Midbar Sinai. Uh, sorry, when it says that uh, it was spoken about Har Sinai, it really means in the desert of Sinai, right across the mountain. Therefore, the Rashi brings the Taras and explains it near Lishkach Perushai, and that proves that Har Sinai over here means the Midbar Sinai. Okay, Sifhe. So how does he prove it from the Taras He says, B'Taras Kainim Mavur, Asher Bahar Sinai, Omer Eitzel Shmita, Lamdim Al Kolamitzis. He says, from the Torah's claim, it's explained that when it says Har Sinai next to Shemitah, it's teaching us about all the other mitzvahs. That even all the other mitzvahs, the, the, the general principles and the, 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 the details were set at Sinai. As we explained already at the beginning, that it doesn't need to say the word. The Har Sinai's question is different than Rashi's. Again, his question is why does it say Har Sinai specifically Eitzel Shmita Lachaira? Even if it wouldn't have said Har, Har, the words Har Sinai, we would have known that Shmita um, was was taught at Har Sinai. So therefore, he says it's coming to teach us about all other mitzvahs. Remember, the difference between Rashi's question is Rashi's question is more about. The, the events. How could you say what happened at Har Sinai? Hashem wasn't speaking to Moshe at Har Sinai at this point in time once the Mishkan was built. The Taurus Kainim's question is not regarding that. His question is why specifically Har, why specifically regarding Shemitah does it say Har Sinai? Not about why did it happen at this point in time, but rather his question is more general, like why by Shemitah specifically does it say that it happened at Har Sinai? So the, uh, so, and we, the explanation we gave was but even though it's obvious that this mitzvah was said at Har Sinai, nonetheless, it says, it, it says the word Sinai over here to teach us that all the other mitzvahs were also said by Sinai. Okay. Um, so as, as we explained earlier, that that Har Sinai that says over here is not coming to teach specific about Shemitah, is really coming to teach about every single Dibur that was said to Moshe, that all of them was really giving at Sinai. So now we're going to explain this Tarus Kainim. He says, He says, how is it so obvious to us, without, without adding the word Har Sinai, that Everything, even the details, were said at Har Sinai. We're saying is that it's so obvious that Shemitah was said at Har Sinai. So therefore, obviously, the words Har Sinai is extra, and it's coming to teach you about everything else. So the Rebbe is asking, wait a second, why is that so obvious that Shemitah was said at Har Sinai? He says, Harizet Talib Shat Tevis Bahar Sinai. It's really dependent on how you're learning the words Har Sinai. Imafarshim Bahar Sinai Kalar Al Har Sinai. Azain Nidrish Bahar Sinai Lamdano Al Mitzvah Shemitah Atzma. He says, according to Pshut Shemikra, he says, how would you have learned this Pasuk? How would, what would we have thought? Let's say he did not say the word Har Sinai. What would we have assumed? We would have assumed that it's going according to the order of events, that the Mishkan was already built. He taught him about all the Lachas of Kabanis, and he gives us the story about this person that cursed 
uh, Hashem, and then it tells us that this is halachas of Shemitah. So what would we have assumed? We would have assumed that this was actually taught, the details were taught in Harsinai. Right? It would have been beautiful, according to Rabbi Shemal, that the details were taught at Harsinai. Uh, was, sorry, the details were taught in the Oyel Maid. So why does the Parsha need to tell us that it was taught by Harsinai? We needed to even know that, Har, that, that this mitzvah itself was taught uh, with all the details of Harsinai. So it's not extra. So meaning is that according to Beliezer, he would just say is that, you know, the, many of the mitzvahs were taught all the details even by Harsinai, Shemitah being an example, but many of them were taught only later on in the oil Mayhid. And but Shemitah is just one of them that was taught, um, it, it, it was taught at Harsinai. So if the Pasuk wouldn't have taught us that it was a Harsin, it would have just said, Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbein about Shemitah, we would have assumed actually that it was taught by the Almighty. So therefore the Pasuk needs to have those words. So if we need to have the words, then they're not extra. And if they're not extra, how does it teach us about all the other mitzvahs? Um, he says, I'm just going to read it. He says, if we explain that the words Har Sinai mean literally that it was taught on Mount Sinai, meaning is when the Torah was given, he says, because we need to do your words, Har Sinai, to teach us that Mitzvah Shemitah itself was actually said on Har Sinai. Because without the words of Har Sinai, we would learn from the fact that this Parsha was said after the Mishkan was built, that it was actually said in the Oil Maid. Meaning is because even though we even though we know that Shemitah was not repeated over Smaiv, so that could not have been the source, but we don't know for sure that the details were taught at Harsinai. Maybe the details were taught in the Oil Maid, or maybe the details were taught at Harsinai. We have no idea. So therefore, the Pasan needs to tell us Harsinai. But without those words, we would not have known that. So there's no proof that all the other mitzvahs were said at Harsinai, if that's the way you're going to explain it. He says, and since the words Harsinai would need to teach us that Shemitah itself was, um, all the details were taught at Harsinai, then you can't learn it from all the other, you can't take it and use its principle for all the other mitzvahs because it's not extra anymore. He says, accordingly, the whole shot of the Torah's kainim wouldn't work. Unless you say, we must say, that according to Torah's kainim, how does he learn the words Bahar Sinai? The Torah's kainim also learns Har Sinai means the desert of Sinai, but right next to Har Sinai, the Torah's kainim is learning like Rashi. Or I should say, really, the Rashi is learning like Torah's kainim. Meaning is, when the Torah's kainim comes to this parsha, he learns it like Rashi does. That it's according to the correct order of events. And then all of a sudden, Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu while they're still camping by Harsina and tells him this mitzvah of Shemitah. So then he brought, Teres Kainim has all of a sudden a question, wait a second, why is he telling us specifically by this mitzvah that, it's, that it was while they were camping at Harsinai and not all the other mitzvahs? So then the question is, why does it need to tell us that it was at Har Sinai? Whether you're going to learn like, like Rabbi Shmuel, you know, that when it says Har Sinai, it means just like what Pshuta Shnukas were learning, that just means that the, you know, the desert of Sinai, while they're still crossed by Har Sinai, or even if you still want to learn that maybe Har Sinai means over here that it was first said at Har Sinai, and then it was repeated later in the Oil Maid. Either way, why does it have to tell us that they were camping at Har Sinai? We would have automatically known that it happened at that point of time because we don't find that it was ever repeated later on. 
So this, of course, is the source. So therefore, we, we must say that the word Tzar Sinai is really coming to teach us about all the other mitzvahs, that even all the other mitzvahs were said, uh, again, either on Har Sinai like Rabbi Kiva, or at least it was said in Midbar Sinai through the Oyomayid, like Mitzvah Shemitah. So according to this, what Rashi is really coming to tell us is not what we originally thought, that's trying to tell us that everything, even the details were said, specifically on Har Sinai, you know, from Hashem. Rather, it's really Rashi, it could be according to Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi Shmuel, that all this Pasuk is really proving is that we know that the mitzvahs were said earlier than, that Arvis Moiv was just a repetition. That's really all that Rashi is trying to tell us over here, that this, that the Parsha tells us, that Har Sinai is really just teaching us that all the mitzvahs were for sure said before Arvaz Maiv, either like Rabbi Kiva or like Rabbi Shmuel wants to learn it, but Arvaz Maiv was definitely not the first time it was said. And this fits according to Rabbi Kiva, as I said, that um, he would learn even that, um, uh, even the details were on Har Sinai, and even according to Rabbi Shmuel, that the Prati and Mitzvahs were not said at Har Sinai, but it was said in the Oyal Maid, which was in Midbar Sinai, right next to where the mountain was. According to this, that Har Sinai refers to Midbar Sinai. So then what is the Chiddush that all of the, the, the general principles and the details were said at Sinai? What's it coming to negate from that? So, so I already gave you the explanation, but now the Rebbe is saying it inside. So Rashi comes and tells us it's coming to negate that the first time that these mitzvahs were said, but their detail was an Arvis Maiv. There are mitzvahs that are discussed by Moshe Bein Arvis Maiv. And that's the only time in the Torah where it actually tells us the details of this mitzvah. So you can have a thought process to think that these details were only said in Arvismaev. Therefore, this is Rashi's coming to tell us that there are certain mitzvahs that taka, the details are said for the, it seems like the first time in the Torah that they were said was in Arvismaev. But what our parsha is telling us that really they were said earlier, they were said from Sinai, and they were just repeated in Arvismayev. Now we can understand why Rashi says Venirali that this is the pirush. Rashi is coming to negate. We said another pshat. What's the other way? Uh, what's the other pshat that you can learn? That the pratim were said on Har Sinai, like Rabbi Kiva, not in the Oil Might. This is actually how many of the, the Meforshim want to explain the Tarus Kainim, and those even want to explain Rashi. That they want to explain that Tarus coming to, is, is trying to negate the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. So when Rashi says, he wants to say the Tarus Kainim is not being learned specifically according to Rabbi Akiva, like these other Meforshim learn. Rather, when it says Har Sinai, that's coming to negate Arvis Maiv, like Rashi himself explains. As he himself says, 
that uh, since we do not find that it was repeated later on, rather, um, uh, by, by, as we said, by the Shemitah, so that proves this is this is the only uh, this proves this is the only place that it was said. So why does it say the word Harsinai? That's coming to teach us that even those mitzvahs that seem like they're only being said with the details of Arvis Maiv really is just a repetition. So Apizem. So, so I'll be move on after you could listen to the list of So, according to this, we could also explain the details of Rashi in Har Sinai. So, even before we get that, just to answer the first few questions, our first question is why does Rashi discuss his Divra Maskal only has the words Har Sinai? If his question is like the Torah's Kainim, what's the connection of Har Sinai to Shemitah? Should have had both of those words in the Divra Maskal. So, the answer we gave is that his question is really just in the words Har Sinai, nothing to do with Shemitah. As we said, that um, once we Hashem started speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu from the from the Mishkan, he never came back and, and, and started speaking to him from Har Sinai. Um, the second question is that if he's trying, uh, coming to negate um, Rabbi Shmuel, why is he only saying that it, that it wasn't repeated in Arvas Mayav? He should have also said that. It wasn't either said, we never find that it was repeated by the Ayal Mayid. So I if it was never repeated by the Ayal Mayid, that means the only source from it would have been Har Sinai. Because again, that's not really, he's not trying to negate Rabbi Shmuel. He's coming, he's saying that it could be according to Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Kiva. And simply questioning Gimel is, why does it repeat again at the end of the Divra Moscow that was an Arvus Mayid? So as we're saying, that's really what he's trying to do is just to show that the first time these mitzvahs were said were not in Arvis Maiv, rather they were said in the Ayal Maid and there's only repeated later on. And then why, the question four is, why does it have this Rechus, Banir Ali, Shekach, Brushai? So again, the reasoning is because there's two ways of learning the Teres Kainim, and the Rashi wants to say that the Teres Kainim is not being learned like these other Meforshim, rather it's being learned uh, like according to how Rashi learns it, which it could fit according to Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Akiva. And now we're just going to go to the other Duke and Rashi that we asked in Sif Gimel. According to this, we can understand also the other Diyuki Lashinus in Rashi from Sif Gimel. This that he writes and repeats that it's from Sinai. Why doesn't he say Har Sinai like the Lashon of Pasik? Right, the first time he mentioned that he said Har Sinai, and then it just says Sinai. He says, He's trying to say is that according to the Pashup Shad of the Psukim, the only thing that we know is that these details were said at Sinai. He says, from the order of the Psukim, the only thing we know is that these mitzvahs were said at Sinai and not at the Arvas Moiv. It would not prove if this is the first time they're being said, like Rabbi, uh, the details are being said like Rabbi Shmuel, or this is just a repetition. This is the second time they're, like, they're being said like Rabbi Kiva uh, would learn. Um, at least according to Pshutta Shemikra over here. So therefore, he changes the word from Sinai. Right? So if it would have said Har Sinai every single time, we would think, oh, Rashi's... Tr- so let me say it in a different way. The reason why he changes it from Har Sinai to Sinai because he's trying to explain what the words Har Sinai mean. That Har Sinai doesn't mean literally on the mountain, but it means the Sinai from the, uh, the, the geographical area of Sinai. Vrak b'pamar ha'shayna namar b'tayrskaynim the reason Rashi even mentions it once is because the question is from the Lashon of the Pasuk, why does it say Har Sinai? <clears throat> so when he quotes it and he says, oh, why does the Pasuk say Har Sinai? And then he gives the answer to the Torah. But when he's actually explaining 
he ha has to translate that Har Sinai really just means Sinai, the area of Sinai. And Bez, Lashon Rashi, Balkasav, Akhulu, Kaldibich, and Dabal The next question has, why does it say that every word that was said to Moshe Rabbeinu, which is any, any deeper that was said, even the commandments which were given? He says, because because what are we trying to, what's our chiddush over here is, Rashi's trying to tell us that the chiddush of the Torah's kainim is that all the mitzvahs that were said by Sinai is coming to tell us that even these mitzvahs that we see are being discussed with all the details for the first time in the Torah. At Arvis Moev, that's not really the first time, it's really just being, it's just really a repetition. So therefore, it's specifically to Moshe, because what happened to Arvis Moev? Arvis Moev was when Moshe was saying over certain mitzvahs to the Bnei Yisrael when they went into Eretz Yisrael. So we're saying all these dibras that Moshe was said to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he were told over to the Bnei Yisrael before they went into Eretz Yisrael, these mitzvahs are not the first time they're being said. So he wants to specify that that the ones that were said to Moshe. Right, let's read it again. He says, Rashi. Rashi's trying to stress The chiddushes regarding the mitzvahs that were said to Aris Moiv to Moshe alone. Therefore, he adds the words that were spoken to Moshe. Because the Quran over here is on the mitzvahs that they're deeper, that they were spoken over to Moshe only to Moshe, not to the Jewish people. As we know, because the, the words that Mishnah Torah was Moshe Rabbeinu repeating in his own language, um, the Torah. It was Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to the Jewish people one there in Avras Maiv. So the rest of the Torah wouldn't have been debris that were said to Moshe because in a sense, even though they might have been said to Moshe, but he's repeating exactly how Hashem said it. Meaning, has Hashem really said it to Moshe just as a shliach to repeat to the Bnei Yisrael? So it's words that were said to all the Bnei Yisrael. Moshe, for most of them, except for the first two, would have been a shliach. But these are words that Hashem said to Bnei Yisrael through Moshe Rabbeinu. But when we're going to Arvis Mayav, these are words that were said specifically to Moshe Rabbeinu, and which he then utilized his own seichel and said it over to the Bnei Yisrael in a certain way. So therefore, in a sense, they were the ones that were spoken to Moshe, like the way how he understood it, and then he repeated it to the Bnei Yisrael. And we're saying that even these things were not really his, uh, and being taught for the first time, it really was just a repetition. <clears throat> so that's Sifchas. Apiyah nal shaparusha shuhu lefi pshuta shemikra sheher according to this Pirish, that according to Pshute Shamikra, the Psukim fit according to Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmal. And Rashi is trying to show that the Taurus Kainim, the, the, the Pshat of the Paris Kainim could fit according to Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. So then, according to this, it's understood why Rashi also adds the words, Kach Shnuya, this is how it's taught in Taurus Kainim, and it appears to me this is the Pirish. Right? So what the Rebbe is trying to say is, Kach Shnuya, but Taurus Kainim seems this is how it's taught in Taurus Kainim, as if that's one shot. But nearly, and it appears to me, this is the Pshat, meaning there's the way how it's taught, and then there's the Pshat. So now we can understand that even deeper. We know that uh, there's a rule that Stam Sifra, when doesn't give a, a name of someone, it's Rabbi Yehuda is the one that's saying it in the Sifra. 
This is one of the Midrashim, Midrash um, Halacha. And he says that all of these Midrashim of Halachis are all according to Rabbi Kiva. So the Torah's Kayanim would be according, would have been taught by one of the, would be going in court to one of the students of Rabbi Kiva, who followed the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, not Rabbi Shema. So the question is, since we know that the Torah's Kayanim is going according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva because of the general rule that all these halachis are going according to Aliba de Rikiva, how can we say that Taras Kanim is also going according to Asif Shmal? Meaning is that if the Taras Kanim is going to say something, it would have taught it in a way that would be teaching the rules of Rabbi Akiva, like all the other before Shimon to learn it. Therefore, he says, Rashi adds, this is how it was learned in Taras Kainim, and it appears to me that this is its pshat. Meaning, he says, in the Taras Kainim itself, how it's taught in Taras Kainim, it's right, it's only according to Rabbi Kiva. But according to Pshuta Shemikra, according to how I can explain it, he says, according to the main logic, which is in the Taras Kainim, it actually even fits according to Pshuta Shemikra, according to Meaning is even if the Torah's kainim is being taught according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, but if you take the logic and the reasoning behind the Torah's kainim, it really could fit according to either one. So it was, that's that, that's the thing. It was taught according to Rabbi Kiva because it was a student, so they taught in a way that was really following his shita. But if you take the logic which is behind it, all right, then it really fits according to uh, even even according to Rabbi Shmuel. <clears throat> This is a third way of learning Rashi, which the Rebbe is going to say is that according to Pshita Shemikra, it seems like Rashi is learning specifically according to Bishmal. Before we were trying to say is it could be either one. But Rashi's going, Rebbe is going to say now, it seems like you could, maybe, and it seems like this is also the preferred way that the Rebbe wants to learn that Rashi is specifically going according to Dasar Bishmal. Rashi naked rock Dasar Bishmal, Shapratan Nem Bayalmayed. He says, Rashi might be going specifically according to Rabbi Shmuel, which holds that the pratim that were said in Har Sinai and the changing of Lashen, that the Pasuk says Har Sinai, and then Rashi changes it and says, Miss Sinai is not just coming to negate Aris Mayav, as we said earlier, but it's also coming to negate that the pratim were said in Har Sinai. He says, because the pshat of Rabbi Shmuel fits better according to Pshuta Shemikra, it fits better according to the simple reading of the Psukim, which is really the derech of Rashi on the Taira. Always trying to make things the most simplest to read. Why is Rabbi Shmuel the simplest read over here? So Rebbe's going to explain. Aleph. Lefia limura derech apshat mestaber shepate in mitzvahs nemer levinei Yisrael ba'oisa makosh mekosah came beferish b'tayra. It seems like pshutei shemikra, the details of the mitzvah when they were said to the b'nei Yisrael in a particular place, it's because um, the, sorry, the details of a mitzvah that were said to b'nei Yisrael were said at that place when it was actually written in the Torah. Meaning is this that the Torah writes these are the details of the mitzvah and it says in a particular place in Torah. Pashtas it, 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 though that's the first time that it was actually said. We don't find in the Torah that, for example, by Shemitah, we don't find by the Torah that the details were said by Har Sinai. We just see a general idea that on the seventh year, it's, you're not supposed to work on the land. And then it says the Pratimolun Ar Parsha. So if you're reading it, simple pshat, it's because the general was given then. And then much later in Ar Parsha, the details were said. If you're reading again without having any background knowledge of Makhlaikas Rabbi Kivri that's what you would have assumed. 
He says, and since the Torah doesn't say clearly that the details of all the mitzvahs were said at Har Sinai, then you need a hachrach according to Pshat to say this way. Meaning, is the proof that Torah is kayanim, really, all it really proves is that it wasn't, that Arvis Moyev wasn't the first time it was being said. We know for sure it was said earlier. And we said that could have been an Arvis Moyev, it could have been a Har Sinai. But the Rebbe is saying another point, according to Pshut HaShemikra, if you have these two options, then what's more logical, according to Pshut HaShemikra, to say that the Klal was said at Har Sinai, because that we know for sure happened, but the Pratim probably happened where the Moshe Rabbeinu told the Bnei Yisrael, where it's recorded in the Torah, that's probably the first time that it was said, because we have no reason to assume that it was the details were said at Har Sinai, and the Torah is telling it to us at that particular point in time, that's probably when it occurred. Therefore, when Rashi says the Chiddush and the Limith of Tarus Kainim, that all of them were from Sinai, it's only that the mitz that's only regarding the mitzvahs that were set at Arvis Mayev, those particular mitzvahs that were set at Arvis Mayev, meaning not even all the 613, the only mitzvahs that are clearly set at Arvis Mayev, um, however many, it was a large number, but it wasn't all the 613, all of those mitzvahs that were repeated there, that was only repetition, but we know from the limit in our Pasik uh, that th- that was only repetition. And when were they said? They were said in Midbar Sinai, Lav Dafka on Har Sinai, like Rabbi Kiva, but it was just at Midbar Sinai. So there's two points that he's trying to say, that A, we don't even know from Shuta Shamikra that all the 613 mitzvahs were repeated in Arvis Maiv. The only thing we really know is that by Moshe Rabbeinu, he said certain mitzvahs before they went to Eretz Yisrael, and most of them are really mitzvahs that were relevant to them before they go into Eretz Yisrael, like the mitzvahs that had to do with conquering the land, the mitzvahs that had to do with... Uh, like. Uh, um, uh, you know, like Trumas and Meisers and that type of stuff. Um, so according to Pshut HaShemikra, the ones that were repeated at of Papashas were only actually those mitzvahs that are clearly said in the Torah, not all the 613. And second of all, when were they initially taught? According to Pshut HaShemikra, they would have been taught only in Bidbar Sinai, not Arhar Sinai. And the Rebbe gives a little side note over here to explain the answer of Toysvis based on this. He says, Toysvis has a shayla, that one of the sources, the source of the Machlekes, Rabbi Kiva Bishmal, is in, in, in the Gemara and Tzaita. So over there, it tells us that um, Rabbi Kiva holds that the the, the general principles and the details were said at, at Har Sinai, and then there's repeated in Ba'al and then it was said a third time in Arvis Maiv. So Taisus asked, So Taisus asked, why does it have to tell us that, according to Rabbi Kiva, that it was repeated a third time in Arvis Maiv? Rabbi Shmuel's not arguing on that. Right? According to Pashtus, Rabbi Shmuel's just arguing where, when were the Pratim first said? Were the Pratim first said at Har Sinai or were the Pratim first said in Ayal Maid? But regarding to Arvis Maid, we don't find that the Bekiva Mishmal are arguing. Everyone agrees that it was repeated over there at Arvis Maid. So Thais is asking, why does it say, according to Bekiva, that they were repeated a third time at Arvis Maid? So Batarat's Batais Mishim, Seifa Nakalasa Thais gives an answer that it's, 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 you're right, it's not a Machlaikis. The only reason it mentions it's because that, um, because of, because of the Bryce over there, it was talking about, um, the number of uh, brisim that Hashem, brisos that Hashem made with the Bnei Yisrael about keeping the Torah. Um, and it says over there, they, they made 48 brisos. Why? Because the, the Torah was repeated three times. So in each time the Torah was repeated, they made 16, 
16 convenants. So 16 times 3 is 48. So the reason why it says that Rishmal says I was taught three times is really just to get to the safe of that Mishnah that, where it says that it was 16 times, uh, 16 uh, brisim were made for each time that the Torah was repeated. So according to Rikiva, it was taught three times, so it would have been 48. That's why it mentions that, even though Rabbi Shemal is not arguing that point. That Rabbi Shmuel actually does not hold that all the Torah was repeated a third time in Avras Maiv. According to the Pshutei Shemikra, just like we hold that the Pratim were not said on Har Sinai, because the Torah doesn't tell us that it was said Har Sinai. Similarly, not all 16, 613 mitzvahs were repeated in Arvis Mayav before they went to Eretz Yisrael, because the Torah doesn't tell us that our 613 mitzvahs. Rather, it was only some of the mitzvahs. According to this, uh, that would be the reason why the Brisa says, according to Bikiva, it was repeated a third time of Arvis Mayav, because according to Bikishmal, he doesn't hold that the entire Torah is repeated a third time. He would only hold that certain mitzvahs were repeated. And Bayes, um, going back to the main point that According uh, to Pshat, it makes more sense that Rashi holds like Rabbi Shmuel. So the first reason he gave is uh, because according to Pshat, we, the, the, the only the what, you know we look at what the Torah tells us. Since the Torah didn't tell us that the Pratim are said by Sinai, and the Pratim only said later on in the Torah, probably the place where the Torah said the most Pratim is when it was actually said. He says the general mitzvahs of Shemitah was said uh, earlier. When they are harsin, that's according to everybody we know. In Parshas Mishpatim, it tells us that's mitzvah. That's the general principle. It says, Cheshon Tizra, Tishpatana, the sixth years you will plant, and the seventh year you will leave the land empty, you're not going to work it. And then in our Parsha, which we know is in the Oil Maid, it tells us the details. details. Um, so this would be Machriya, according to like Rabbi Shmal. We see clearly in the Torah, it says the Klal by Har Sinai. That's it. And then it says the Pratim in the Oil Maid. So that seems like, according to Pshutah Shemikra, it seems like a very clear proof, uh, according to Rabbi Shmal. If you're just reading it, you know, meaning because if you held everything was said in Har Sinai, why wouldn't the Klal and the Pratim said in Parshas Mishpatim? Rather, we have the Klal, and then we have the Pratim much later on in Bahar. That seems like what Rabbi Shmal is saying uh, so according to Pshutah Shemikra, and you're just reading the simple interpretation, that's how you learn. Of course, Rabbi Kiva would have other proofs, but those proofs not necessarily would be from the literal leading of the Psukim. They can be from extra words or traditions that he had from his Rebbeim. Uh, the Rebbe doesn't go into it right now. At least not in the uh, Pnim, maybe in the Aris. Sif Yod. He says, So now, right now, we're going to start going and explaining the machlekes between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yishmael. So he says, we know that according to Pshut Shemikra, we're saying that we, we, we're, we're, we're learning like Rabbi Yishmael. He says, but if you learn according to Halacha, the rule, the din would be like Rabbi Kiva, because the rule, the Halacha is always like Rabbi Kiva from Chaverov. Uh, so over here also with Machlekes, Rabbi Kiva, and Mishmal, where when the Pratim were said, the Halacha would pass on Rabbi Kiva that the Pratim were said on Har Sinai. So we'll understand uh, this, this idea that Pshutei Shal Mikra, it's very funny, Pshutei Shal Mikra fits like Rabbi Yishmal, but the Halacha is like Rabbi Kiva. Like, that's such a funny idea. It's simple reading the Pesukim fits better according to Rabbi but nonetheless, Halacha Paschal is Rabbi Kiva. It's such a, such a paradox. 
So we'll understand this idea by first explaining the Machlaikis or Bikiva Alpipnis Janam. When you understand that the source of the Machlaikis is Apichasidis, then we can come back and say, ah, that makes sense. Why Pshuta Shemikra? It says it's specifically Rabbi Shmuel, but according to Lach, it's specifically Rabbi Akiva. He says, Achilik by Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva, Kamesh Kvar Nizbar, Pa'amim Rabbis. He says, the difference between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, as we explained many times, that Rabbi Shmuel Hayakain Gadl, according to Rabbi Shmuel, was for sure a Kain, and possibly even a Kain Gadl. It's just not so clear what he was, but he could have been even been a kain gadol. But if he does say ha'isa ba'ifin shall v'yibadl gaimer kaidish kadashim avedis atzdikim v'ilu rebikiva ha'yaben gerim v'das ha'isa ba'ifin shall avedas balichuba. He says he was let's say a kain gadol, so his avedah was an ifin of that he was separated from all the other people and he was made kaidish like the holy of holies. Meaning is he's he has the avedah of a tzaddik. He doesn't have any. He's separated from this world. He's on the highest level of kedusha. Well, Rabbi Akiva was the was the son of gerim. Uh, and his avoider was an oifen of tshuva. Meaning is, he, he was brought up in a way that he was very connected to the day-to-day type of uh, worldly mundane activities. So his avoider would be the avoider of the balei tshuva. Sehu gamash amar called yomai ha'yitzim astar masli yavi liyadai v'akemanu. She'amah betunu ha'shamasiris nafesh lo'yirak pashas krishma b'yiris achad ela kol yomai. This also explains the story of Rabbi Kiva. It says when he was being killed by the Romans, his students saw him smiling, so they asked Rabbi Kiva, how can you smile at such a time? So he says, I'm smiling because all my days I always had tsar. When will I ever be able to go on Messiris Nefesh uh, for Hashem? And right now I'm able to do Messiris Nefesh for Hashem. Meaning as he says, all my days are as mitzvah. Meaning as all of his days of life, he was always in this motion, this readiness, this, this preparedness. He was always had this feeling of mysterious nafesh. Not just at a one point time, you know, that the, when he's saying Kriyashman, he says the word Echad, that's when he is ready to do mysterious nafesh. He says, all my days, he was always in this tenuah, always in this motion of doing mysterious nafesh, of, of serving Hashem in a way of mysterious nafesh. He says, We need to have Messias Nefesh only at the beginning of the day, the time of Kriyashma. But the rest of the day, it has to be a very organized type of Aveda. It's true. You need to have a certain remnants of the Messias Nefesh in order to fulfill all the Torah mitzvahs. But the Vaida itself is an Avaida of Torah mitzvahs. To give a little background, this is something that it says in the Tanya. The Tanya tells us that the foundation of all the mitzvahs essay come from Anoichi Hashem Lekecha, meaning is all the mitzvahs essay is, uh, is, is a further fulfillment that Hashem is one. Every time you do a mitzvahs essay, you're basically saying that Hash, there is only one Hashem in this world and Hashem is one with the world. And every time you do a loisa, say you go against Hashem's will, what you're really saying is you're doing a type of Oedizar. You're saying Hashem isn't real. I'm able to go against His will. Um, and look in Tanya, Perchav Tachafhe, where it discusses this in much greater detail. But that's the, the general idea that every time you do a mitzvah or do an Avera, you're either uh, confirming that Hashem is the only one true God. And every time you, 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 you go against that, you're basically saying Hashem is not the only one God. So, and the Tanya therefore explains that every, how could you make sure that you do every single mitzvah in life, I say, is because a person should think, just like I would be willing to give up my life not to do a Vaidizar, I would give up my life for that. So for sure, when it's not giving up your life, it's just, you know, not to have a, you know, to push yourself a bit more or not to, not, not to fulfill your time that you have at a particular moment, for sure you should be able to be willing to give 
up that pleasure for Hashem. If you're willing to give up your life for Hashem, for sure you can give up a pleasure if you give up your time or to exert yourself more to become united with Hashem. So he says, but that feeling is, you, you need to have that by Shema. You're thinking about these ideas. But during the rest of the day, you're not thinking about that. You're actually doing your Avaida and that feeling that you know, the only real important aspect in my life is Hashem will pervade the rest of your Avaida for the rest of the day. So even when you're learning and you're not actively thinking about Messias Nefesh, you learn with an extra Kach and you don't waste time and, and you don't do a Taiva because you know that's not important to me. So that you always have the Messias Nefesh in a sense, Behelem, you have a certain feeling of it, but it's not overpowering. That's the Avaida of the Tzaddik because he doesn't need an overpowering Messias Nefesh constantly. He just needs that feeling to be able to push him basically to do more or not to do something wrong. But Tshuva is higher than the limit, one's limitations. Meaning is, a person who already did an Avera, who, who sunken into a certain way of living, he can't just have a certain Rosh and Mr. Snefesh. He needs to have an overpowering feeling that Hashem is my only, uh, only purpose in life. Uh, you know, as we know from each one of ourselves, we can think about what the Tanya says, and not necessarily does that change the way that we act. The reasoning is because just thinking about it is not enough. It has to be completely overpowering because you are already in the uh, in this world, and Chas Hashem already done it there, so you're already sunken in there. It's not enough just to think about it. You need to, in a sense, have a you need to be able to jump up. You need to have a bleak voltika power that not to be yourself, not to be your own limited self that you were until a moment ago. You need something that is completely higher than you, that can schlep you out from where you are. So therefore, Therefore, a person needs constantly, when he's learning Torah, doing Kim Mitzvah, even when, he's, uh, when he was working with Divrei Rishus, his day-to-day type activities, he needs a Tznua, a feeling of Mitzvah's Nafesh. That all my days, meaning is everything I did, I always had this new Messias Nefesh. Because if I didn't have this new Messias Nefesh, uh, he would just go back to his regular way of acting, his regular conducts, his regular way of feeling, the regular way of uh, doing his day-to-day type of life. So it's Sadiq already is, in a sense, wants to do, it already is doing Tara Mitzvahs. So to keep him on that path, he just needs to have this constant reminder, you know, just stay where you are, continue doing the right thing. But the Balchuva, in a sense, he fell somewhere. He already knows about the world. It's not enough just to know about Hashem because he has also, you know, the Nefesh Bahamas, the Yitzhar, also pulling him in the other direction. The only way for him to, in a sense, overpower the Nefesh Bahamas, the Yitzhara, is by having this powerful feeling, Mr. Nefesh, is that I don't care about what the Nefesh Bahamas wants. I don't care that this is what I enjoy and I want to do. I'm going to overpower it anyways and do what Hashem wants. In order to overpower your great taivas, it's only if you have a very powerful taiva in a sense to do what Hashem wants. And that's the reason why you need Mr. Nefesh constantly. That's why Balchuva needs it. Because in a sense he has that dilemma, you know, which taiva should I go after? So the Torah mitzvah has to be much, much greater in order to win. In the tzaddik, he only really has one taiva, which is Hashem. And the tenu of Mr. Nefesh is really to keep him on the right and correct path and not to be tempted. This is the reason of Machlekes, according to Bishmal, the general principles were said at Sinai, while the details were said at Elamite. Even the details were saying was from Sinai. What's the difference if the details are said later on by the Elamite or the details were said from Sinai? He says, He says, the Elamite 
was an organized type of way of serving Hashem. The had a certain had a certain logical, you know, step by step type of kedusha. As we know that the way how the oil maid was cre- was was built was to reflect the seder hashdalshlus. Um, Kabir Haramah b'sefer Tarus Eilish calls them my alveda b'seder b'seder b'hadraga. Since everything was to fit the seder hashdalshlus, therefore the alveda also was in a very organized type of fashion. They're going from one level to the next. You had the you know they had the um, you know they had the um, the chutzur and then they had the kodesh and then the kodesh kodashim many different levels and one step at a time. He says, says, true, even the Mishkan, they had the Avedis Akhtaris, and even once a year, the Kayin God will go into the Kayzer Kedoshim, which is the holiest place. That's in a sense almost like Mesir Snefesh, it's the greatest type of connection you have to Hashem. So even by the Mishkan, you had that level. He says, He says, this is only once a year. Right? Just as similar to when we said that even a tzaddik needs to have Mr. Nafesh by Kriyashma, once a day at Kriyashma, and it lasts for the rest of the day. So the Kaidash Yagdashan, they did it once a year, and it lasted for the whole year. And Bayes, Racha Kain Gadl Levada, Nichna Salakadashan. Only one person went in, it was the Kain Gadl, the holiest person. But this Kenisa, this, this that he went in, was for the Shlichus of every single Yid. Uh, and he was a messenger for every single person. So this is similar to that, this that every person really has a Kain Gadl within you. Right? The, the power of Mr. Nefesh comes to the Kain Gadl, which is within you. That's the Etzam HaNeshama. So true, we have an Etzim and Neshama, and even it's, of course it's Adik has an Etzim and Neshama, and he has to awaken that every day in the morning. But that's not what they were doing the entire time while they were in the Mishkan. But Sinai was in the desert. That's not a place where people live. That's not a place of organization. Of course, Midbar always refers to in Hasidus, a place where there is no Tyramitsis, a place of Klippus, a place of where there's a lack of Kedusha. So when you're in the Midbar, you need an Avaidah which is higher than the regular order uh, of, of, of how things work in Kedusha. You need Mesir Snafish, which is higher than limitations. You can just jump out where you are and reach the highest level. So in order to jump out, out of where you are and reach the highest levels of Kedusha, that's specifically through the Mesir Snafish, what a person has. Therefore we know that by Har Sinai, every time Hashem spoke, every, every one of the Dibras, the Neshama left. Why? Because the body cannot handle such a high level of Kedusha. She says, it makes sense that the first two Dibras of a Nechli Lecha, um, Hashem had to say it himself, because that's the Isar Vaydazar, the Indian of you should be killed for. This is the found, and not to be over on these mitzvahs. These are the foundation of the Torah. But we're talking about honoring your parent, father, uh, not kidnapping. These are logical mitzvahs. These are mitzvahs that are What's the connection of not kidnapping someone and the such a high level of kedusha that the neshama left? You know, the, the mitzvahs that have to do with Hashem, that's, I can understand, that's the high, like Hashem is revealing himself, I am your God, and that's completely higher than this world, so the neshama leaves. But when Hashem's telling us a mitzvah of don't kidnap, that's something that's very logical. So why would there be such a great giloy that the neshama would leave the person's body? This is something that, you know, anybody, even a lahavdu l'goy can figure out you can't 
um, kidnap someone. So why was that the neshama was leaving the body about such a revelation? This is something which is so logical. It's not so like a great revelation, Papashtas. He says, He says, that is the point of Sinai. It's a midbar of Kedusha, of holiness. This is a ma'akam shalomayim v'seidur adraka. He says, that's the whole point of Sinai. That everything is higher than Seidra HaDragon. When you're, Hashem's telling you, it's not just a logical mitzvah you shouldn't kidnap. This is a mitzvah that comes from Hashem. This is something which is completely higher than our world. We think we understand what this mitzvah is. But the source of this mitzvah comes from Hashem himself, comes from the essence of Hashem. This is something which is completely higher than Seidra. Therefore, the Neshama leaves because the Neshama is able to feel the essence of the mitzvah. But this is the Ratan of Hashem. It's similar to what we said earlier regarding Rabbi Kiva that all my days uh, he always was in a situation of serious nafesh uh, for everything. Meaning is that everything Rabbi Kiva did, he felt this is connecting me to the greatest connection to Hashem. This was their he says, when we're talking about Avedas at Sadiq, which would be Shmuel, he's saying it's enough that the foundations, the general principles are from Sinai. He says, when we're talking about the mitzvah in a general way, uh, each mitzvah is on its own. So we're saying the general principle, the foundation of the principle comes from Sinai, needs to be Mesiris Nafesh. Meaning, is even Mishmal, of course, agrees that every single mitzvah comes from Hashem, the essence of Hashem. And um, if needed, you should, should go with Messias Nefesh, and you need to give up your life to, uh, I would say, physical life necessarily, but you need to give up your life, meaning is your Tivus and your Tzainus, you have to make sure that you're, giving, you're, you're dedicating your life to Hashem. So, you, the foundation is, this is the mitzvah of Hashem, a certain level of Kabbalah. So Hashem wants me to do this, I'm going to do this no matter what. But when you're getting to the details of the mitzvah, the details are just explaining what it is that I'm supposed to do. So therefore you start using your seichel. Okay, how am I supposed to do this mitzvah in the best way, etc., etc. So he says like this, one, Aleph, Ma'achah she'eshel adam esek umagem inyanim she'eshel gayer. Ben geyer muchachich li'zakim seres nefesh. He says, since a person is connected and he has connections to things that he needs to convert, he, he's a Ben-Gerim, meaning, meaning is he's connected to the outside world, that he needs constantly the Ingen of Messiris Nafesh. Even when you're just talking about the details of the mitzvah, you need Messiris Nafesh. Because you're not even able to do the Pratim properly, meaning is a, unless you have Messiris Nafesh, because there's going to be things that are blocking you. Rabbi Shmuel is a Tzaddik, so as long as he doesn't you know, he has the klal, he knows this is the Ratzon of Hashem, then, then automatically he's, he's going to do the pratim. Like, there's no reason why not to. This is his whole life. But Rabbi Kiva, what, what he's saying is, we're involved in this world. So even if you know the klal is what Hashem wants, but you're also stuck in this, stuck in this world, and you might make a mistake in the details because you're constantly fighting for every single thing you do. So even the detail you got to fight for and have Mr. Snapish. Since a person needs to be in a tnu of tshuva, which is higher than any type of seder, so he's able to, even in the details, even all the details of his life, he's able to be in a, in, in a situation of Messias Nafesh. So inside the Pratim of the Mitzvahs, inside the, inside the Pratim of his own day-to-day life, he constantly needs Messias Nafesh. This is the pshat that pshutei shemikra we said 
Rashi says it's like Rabbi Shmuel, but the halachas like Rabbi Kiva. What's pshat? So, mitzad, so he explains like this beautiful pshat. He says, when you're looking at the Torah, how the Torah is mamayla, the Torah is talking about the klal. It's talking about how things should be, how things are really are spiritually. And spiritually, every single, every single yid is a tzadik. So therefore, when you're looking at how the Torah looks at the world, in this most pure and pristine state, and therefore the Seder that it gives is, all you need is the Klolois, the general principles of giving from Sinai. Once you have the principles, automatically you'll do the Pratim because there's nothing schlepping you down. means the how we are in this world, the the way how we're conducting ourselves in this world. Since Ayid has connection with this world, with the physical things in this world, especially in the time of Golis, when the Halamis, the Hashem is very is hidden. In order for him to fulfill the Avedis Habirum to elevate and purify this world, he needs the power of Tshuva. He says, nowadays, he says, when we're talking about when we're actually in this world and we have all the temptations and we're living it, especially in Galas, then you need Rabbi Kiva, that even the Pratim you need Mesir Snafish for in order to have this a capability to do what Hashem wants. So it's beautiful, he's saying, according to how the Torah is read, yes, and it's more, the most pristine state, halacha, you learn it like Rabbi Shmuel. What is saying is, but halacha, you need to be able to take the Torah and apply it to how we are in our day-to-day life. So what fits better in a Vedas Adam? That you always need to have the Mesir Snafesh. You need to realize that even the Pratim come from Hashem. That's something which is completely higher than Tam Vedas.